gonna make this place your home. Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Grace Warren from Howard Hanna Rand Realty. And I am with... David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. And we are 93.5 FM WTBQ. And the phone number here is 845-651-1110. And if you'd like to text us, it's 845-328-0886. So give us a call or a text if you have a question about real estate today. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, tell me, how was your week? Uh, it was a fun week. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's listen, it's always fun. I love what I do. You're so lucky because so many people do not. You know, it, you are so lucky. I do. I love what I do as well. It's but. just to me, it's just it's just fun. You know, it's absolutely fun. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think for a lot of a lot of home inspectors, you can take a couple of different perspectives on things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I follow the, the idea that I'm, I'm more of an educator. Right? You it, sure are. I'm providing an education on an investment and I'm, I'm helping people find safe and happy homes. Yes. Yeah. So um, any inspections this week that stand out? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we, we were just talking before the show uh, about some of the things that we might we might talk to our, our, our listeners today about. And one of them, right, is should I waive the inspection, right? Mm -hmm. Should you wave? Should you wave or should you not wave? So um, I had a client who uh, bought a house, waived the inspection, mm -hmm. and brought me in after the fact. <gasps> yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, he calls me up and he says, "Hey, Dave. You know, I, I can you help me out? I think there might be a few things going on in this house that I didn't expect." And uh, so I went over there. Beautiful, beautiful home. Uh, down in Rockland, uh, not, a, not a local house, but in Rockland. And uh, I mean, great house, 3,000 square foot with an indoor pool. Uh, yeah, very cool. An indoor pool. Indoor I already pool. see problems coming up. Yeah, so <laughs> giant deck on the outside and, uh, you know, very mid-century modern. Cool. That's very, you know, people want that today. Yeah, yeah. Um, well... I, you know, before I even get inside, I'm just looking at the deck and it's built. I, I can't, it's it, it, janky. Yeah. It was <laughs> Is that a word to use. <laughs> janky, wonky. Um, oh boy. Yeah. I, you know, I would, in a report, I would describe it as less than professional construction. Wow. And it was, it was a big deck. So yeah, I can imagine the cost to replace a deck like that is, is incredible. Now, before oh, yeah. we get into all the issues with oh, this particular yeah, house, yeah. I, I, part of the, the, the thought behind, should you, or shouldn't you do a home inspection? Of course, it's to uncover anything that might be an issue, but today there's so, so often people are waiving their home inspection because it's so difficult to be competitive in this market. So that's the question, you know, like, do you do the home inspection and try to get money off? Probably not. If you are going to do the home inspection right now, it may be simply for your own information. Um, but it, tell us, tell me more, tell me more about so, this, so, this um, inspection. So, yeah. I mean, you know, this inspection aside, I mean, this, I mean, at the end of the day, the issue here is that this, this gentleman who bought this property is going to have, he has foundation issues. There are structural issues. There's structural issues to the deck. There's structural issues to the home. 
There's heating and cooling issues. Uh, well, let's just talk about a couple of those things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look. Actually, give me one second because okay. I got a, and I got an idea. Right. Okay. So collectively, right? This guy made an investment in this property, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it's there are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh Lord. That he's going to have to spend to make the home livable. Live up just to make it livable. Did, it's not d- safe. Did it look livable when you like it does. on first, it, at, at first, first glance, impression? You walk in, it looks like someone was living in it, right? Yes, and to 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 uh, a less educated eye, a lot of these issues don't don't even are not apparent. They yeah they don't register. So you know it looks like this great house. Oh, I'm going to move in. Well, you know the the master bedroom was not structurally supported properly. It's cantilevered out over open air, <laughs> 35 feet in the air, and it it the structural support is janky. Hmm. A structural engineer came in and said that these these footings and these these vertical supports on it are no good. Oh boy, did they do the um get the structural engineer in after you yes. looked at it? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was something that I recommended. But, you know, one of the things what can so what can you do right i mean as a real estate agent your perspective you want your client to get the home they want right right so it's a competitive market inventory super limited right i mean do you roll the dice what can you do to sort of hedge your bet i can make a suggestion take a picture find when you start to go shopping Mm -hmm. contact a, a, an inspector, a home inspector, mm-hmm. right? Ask questions. Call us up. Ask, call me, you know, 732-647-5231. I would rather you call me and ask me questions before you go shopping. What should I look for? Make me an educated buyer. Mm-hmm. I will gladly talk to you uh, and, and, and give you information and ideas to look at. If your game plan is to not do a home inspection, at least educate yourself on the on the on the home it, systems. It's it's an excellent point, actually. I mean, I'll I will go in with um, you know I have a lot of knowledge just from over the years. I'm not a professional, mm-hmm. but you know over the years you learn quite a few things. From you got to soak like you. something up, right? <laughs> That's right. Dave. <laughs> from you, from other inspectors that I've gone on inspections, so I sort of know. I can see red flags. Sure. Where I will say, this is something we should check with a home inspector. And we should really know this before you go into it. So right then and there, though, when you think that, if you see that and you think that, right, take a picture, text me, right? And I'll make you, I'll make a comment. Oh yeah, that crack is no big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, wow, that crack is a big deal. Okay, don't, you know, Mm -hmm. so... So it, it, it can help the, in A, in the shopping process, and B, it can speed up in the time to close. Yeah. it. Um... And it sounds like I'm talking myself out of a job, but uh, you know what? My job, my job you is- You have to, plenty of work, Yeah, right? I got plenty of work. I want to make sure people <laughs> have safe homes. So, you know, that's, and that they're happy with them. And, you know, if I can help that a little bit along the way, then I'm happy. And there's going to be times that you're going to, going to buy a house and you're, you're going to do a home inspection and there's going to be unforeseen things. There's things you just can't see in a house when you first. Yes. And that's a whole other perspective. Um, you know, it's, 
there are limits to the home inspection process uh, as a buyer, right? Because you don't own the home. Mm -hmm. We can't drill holes in the wall. We can't do certain things that would enable us to see more. It's a visual inspection. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not supposed to plug things in. We're not supposed to turn valves. If the water is shut off, we cannot turn it on. Um, So it is important if someone's not living in the house to get permission and have them turn the water on, the power. The power has to be on for you to do an inspection, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I I mean, mean, you can only inspect so many things if the power's not on and if the water's not on. There's only certain things you're going to be able to look at. I've showed up to inspections where there was no power, no water supply. I mean, you can look at the structure at that point. Yeah, that's about it. The interior, the the structure, the exterior, the roof. I mean, there's stuff we can see, but... It's all, it is limited. Uh, and the scope of the inspection is limited. Uh, we're not even supposed to move a couch. I get a little more, <laughs> I probably get a little more aggressive. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll move a couch to find a receptacle. I'll, um, you know, I'll, I will, I'll open things up uh, that I know I can put back perfectly. But, uh, you know, it's, it is, there are, you know, there are limits to what we can do. You right. know. And there was a question about um, whether or not there, there was some New York state law. We're going to take a break, though. We'll come back and talk about that. All right. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs. And then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com. And let's get together. Hi, this is John Tesh. Tune in for great music and intelligence for your life on weekdays at 1 p.m. as we assemble the tips, the facts, and the news you need to be happier, healthier, more lovable, and more fun to be around. Radio worth listening to. We put the intelligence out there. You decide what to do with it. Hi, this is Mark Saltzman, your go-to tech guru who breaks down geek speak into street speak. I'll bring you the latest in gadgets, apps, and games in a language you can understand every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Radio Worth Worth listening to. WTBK. I'm gonna make this place your home. And welcome back to the Real Real Estate Show. 
On 93.5 FM WTBQ, I'm your host, David Wilner, with Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, and my co-host... I'm Grace Warren with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, right here in Warwick, New York. What a lovely town Warwick is. It really is. It really is. Especially now that it's becoming spring. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. But it's a muddy mess everywhere, isn't it? I'll take a muddy mess in warm weather over over ice and, and... yeah, me too. Oh, me too. But I got to tell you, it's like how many times you're going to wash your car? Because everywhere you go, there's like mud and it's splattering all over the car. And Friday, I I, I had to go. I had to have my car washed because I'm going out to take people out Friday evening. And then, of course, just by the time I got home, it was already filthy again. Yeah, well, that's a big thing for real estate. I mean, you drive people around in your car and stuff. Not so and, much anymore yeah, COVID because stuff. of COVID. Yeah. We really, you know, people meet you meet people out instead. Yeah. Of, you know, no one wants to get in anybody's car anymore. So, but but you know, you can't have like mud all over your car when you pull up to a house. I don't know. I drive a pickup truck. I if I don't have mud on I don't it, know, maybe it, I, I look get, weird. Maybe I should get a pickup truck. Um, that's and right. It wouldn't matter so much. Uh, but yeah, no. It, it's just it's a pain in the neck it's like it's constant and um i hate going to the car wash so i you know my my son likes to wash my car for me he's like it's gonna get ruined at the car wash so um and i just got my car back because you know i had that car accident but um so yeah i have to keep washing my car right now but i don't it's okay because i love i love the um the spring i'm sick of snow and i have a feeling we'll we'll get more of it but so tell me, Grace, what's happening in uh, in Warwick these days in the real estate market? Well, it's the same thing that's been happening. And nothing's really changed same very old, much. Yeah, same old news, for the huh? past year. Um, Is I mean, anything coming on the market? No. In fact, I just did the um, pulled some statistics this morning, like I always do, and we, the coming soon's zero. Whoa, whoa! And in the I, entire real, is county, an actual goose egg. Yeah. There's nothing coming soon. And in wow. the t- the whole county, there's only 10 listings that are coming soon. So, and we're rolling into spring. This is high time to, to list and sell a house. Right. So I, I I'll, since we're talking about it, I will do the statistics right now. Yeah. Active in Warwick today is um, 64 listings. Wow. Yeah. That's really very low. It's in, normally like several hundred, right? It's like 200 usually. Yeah. All right. And um, for most of my career, it was about 200. Sure. Anywhere from like 180 to 230, something like that in the town of Warwick. Um, in Orange County right now, oh, before I even get to that, of the 64 listings, 50 of them were in Warwick schools. So the other 14 are either Greenwood Lake or Florida. Or Sugarloaf. Yeah, or or Sugarloaf. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Warwick schools, the 50, the that 50 would include Sugarloaf. Right. So um, in Orange County, there's 537 houses for sale right now. Uh, pending in the town of Warwick is 70. That means it's they're in contract. And 687 in the county. So there's more homes pending in contract than there are listings uh temporarily off the market which means that they have an accepted offer on them in warwick is 23 in orange county 281 Mm. i also i pulled some stats for um 
for Goshen and, and Menacing too. So Goshen only has one coming soon. Oh my god! And Menacing has none. Uh, sold in the past 34 days in Warwick 34, in Goshen 11, in Menacing 25, and in Orange County altogether is 305. Wow. Yeah. So these numbers, I mean, we're in we're in a seller's market. We have um, a, less than a two month supply. Less, that's like a month and a half supply. And uh, it's crazy. So, so, you know, this, this, in my mind, this begs a question, right? I mean, what is going to happen to this market? I mean, our prices, interest rates have gone up a little bit. Well, that's going to, that, you know, just that little bit for the, some people in the, that, that are first time home buyers, that can really affect their, um, what they can spend because the interest rates have gone up. So it increases what their monthly payment's going to be. So it may price some people out, especially people that are in the lower, you know, the lower ends of that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we, we really don't know. And, and uh, you know, we. Where's had... the polish on the crystal ball? <laughs> don't have one. Don't have it. <laughs> it's not polishing up. But uh, I mean, does, do you think prices will continue to go? I mean, in, in this kind of supply, you would think prices will continue to go up, right? You will. Uh, you would think that supply and demand prices yep. continue to go up. I mean, they are increasing significantly. Right now, the average sale price in Orange County for a single family home, this is in total yeah. of Orange County, is $403,000. What? Yes. I just pulled the, the numbers this morning. That's and then like, I pulled that's, that's like Westchester towns. prices. Well, Westchester is, um, you know, like 600 and something. Yeah. But um, Warwick is the average sale price in Warwick right now for a single family home is just under $474,000. So what was it a couple of years ago? 300. Wow. 360. Wow. Um, so it's like a 30% it's increase. It's a huge increase. Yeah. Uh, Goshen. The average sale price in Goshen for single family is four hundred and fifty-three thousand. Cornwall four hundred and ninety-five thousand. Do you think that sellers are somewhat reluctant to list their homes because they don't know where to go? That's if exactly they sold yeah. Them? Of course, they don't know where to go. I mean, you know, because you know, you still got to buy a house in this market unless you yeah. go to a different market. Yeah, even in a different market, it's everywhere. It's not just in our market, it's all over the country. Some of the things that, you know, may affect this are, you know, one, I've been reading a lot about, I think I talked about it not too long ago. Um, some of these investment groups that are buying, have been buying houses in different parts of the country. They've yep. been buying up like whole neighborhoods and those homes are, they're renting them out. And once they, once they're not making any more money doing that, they're going to start selling them off. Right. And when they start selling them off, that's that, it's going to flood the markets in those areas. So that's going to affect prices. Thankfully, well, we don't really have that happening Flood's here. kind of a relative term if the numbers stay this low. They're Which, just going to bring it up to somewhat normal. Well, it depends on the market because and yeah. and the, the area. In our area, we're not, I don't think we're going to be affected by that because I don't see that sort of, um, investment in, in that real estate investment. I haven't really seen that here, but in areas like the state of Washington, California, um, Arizona, that's where they, and uh, Florida, they were buying up tons of these houses 
that were maybe being foreclosed on or for whatever reason, they were buying them up because they could get them for cheap. And now they're going to start selling these houses off. So, wow. you know, they're pricing, the, they're changing well, the they, rental market too. It's affecting the rental market and people are being But the sell price out. becomes so enticing to these guys that they, they just have to sell it to take that big profit. Yeah, yes. Well, they have to because they, they're beholden to their shareholders, right? Because yeah. the whole point is to make the money. So they may have to, they may have to do that. I, I don't know. I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's going to affect us here, but I, it will affect other parts of the country. So what does this do to buyers? Um, I think that, I mean, it's certainly, it's got to increase the buy cycle. What, what do you, I mean, they, they, I mean, they, it takes longer to find a home. Oh yeah. Well, it's taking a very long time. I, I just met with new clients this week. And, you know, they have a very healthy budget and, um, it, their price point, which is between four and $500,000 is a difficult price point. There's multiple offers on homes and, you know, they have to be very, very strong buyer. They are strong buyers. They're going to have a nice down payment, but we're, they're still, um, they're, they're working against, um, cash buyers too. Yeah. So interestingly, I, someone in my office had a house listed for sale and they had, um, foreign buyers and they were paying cash for the house. And two weeks ago they lost a real lot of money in the stock market. And guess what? They pulled out. They're not buying the house anymore. So wow. I'm wondering how that's going to affect because the market's been going down and went down last week. It's been, it's continuing to go down. So how will that affect the cash buyers that we've been seeing in the past two years? So that I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's a possibility that that could be, that could be the case. Well, uh, I, I guess if the, you know, but if the market goes down, you're going to see interest rates go up. Yeah, I don't, we, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. I was reading another article this morning saying that the Fed may cut back on the interest rates toward, you know, later on just to stabilize things. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand, you know, I'm not a financier and I don't really, um, you know, understand that so much. I just know that right now the interest rates, when they go up, I wish I had had Mike call in today, but um, he could explain where the, the interests are. They're saying by the end of the year, we're going to be above 4%, which is still historically low. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, 20 years ago when I oh. built my house, my interest rate was just under 6%. And you thought it was good. And I thought that was great because when I started my construction loan, I think it may have been like at 8%. So then when I refinanced the construction loan into the, um, it was five well, and a half or five and three quarters, something like I'm, that. I'm old enough to remember the eighties when well, we both are, you know, uh, <laughs> I wasn't, oh, buying, you are not, I wasn't buying a house in the eighties. I 80s. doubt you even remember the nineties, oh, please. <laughs> but they had, uh, they had interest rates in the teens. Yeah. Well, when my parents, my yeah. parents bought a house, um, in the late seventies and yes, their interest rate was like 16%, some crazy number. That's nuts. But and, the house price was much less. Yeah. I mean, they bought their house for $60,000 um, in, in, in Bergen County. They yeah. bought a house for $60,000 right. in the 70s. But, you know, they had a, a much higher interest rate than what, what it is today. That same house has got to be $450,000, now. It wasn't a very big house. But, you know, it, it, the, the times have changed. So, so with reduced inventory comes longer buy cycles, more hunting, I assume, mm -hmm. um, 
It's just not a lot to hunt, actually. It's sort of like a house comes on the market, run and see it before eight offers come in. And it's hard for a buyer to settle. Yeah. I mean, and And I feel like some are doing that because they get so, and then they have buyer's remorse. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but they're, they're making, if they're making multiple offers on different things. Right. So if one house comes on, they may make an offer. If another one comes on two days later, they may make an offer on that too, to just see where, where one's going to stick. Wow. So I've seen where, you know, um, listing agents are accepting an offer. And then two days later, that person moved to a different house, the house they originally wanted that didn't, they didn't get. Or And that makes it hard for the listing agent. Cause if you don't have real commitment in it, right. you know, you, you know, you can't take the house off the market either. Yeah, well, it's hard because, you know, when you're sitting down with your client as a listing agent, you're going over all the offers and you try to pick the best one. And then you pick what you think is the best one. And then they change their mind. Right. So you have to move on to the second, maybe the third buyer. It, it, it happens. It happens. So the whole buy-sell process is really becoming complicated. It's, it's always been complicated, but I think now it's even more so. All right, let's hold on to that thought for a few minutes and we'll have a break. This is Brenda Wiley with Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Looking for a weekend getaway, a year-round retreat, or maybe you're considering selling. I'll help to bring your vision to a reality. Enjoy four seasons of lakefront living on Greenwood Lake. Go fishing, swimming, and boating all summer long. And when fall arrives, go apple picking, hiking, or skiing on Mount Peter. Visit brendabwiley.randrealty.com and let's find the home of your dreams. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Dr. Anita Volpe, Vice President and Administrator for St. Anthony Community Hospital in Warwick. Please join me and my guests every Thursday at 10 a.m. on Health Matters. Call or text in because your health does matter. Hi, this is Dr. Pierre-Louis, a clinical psychologist. I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m. WTBQ, GHT Weather. Clouds and passing shower this morning, a few breaks of sun, then quite warm again this afternoon. Highs into the mid, even a few upper 60s. Showers and thunderstorms coming in around the rush hour and a few heavy downpours and gusty winds. After the showers move out tonight, becoming partly cloudy and colder, 30 to 35. Tomorrow, look for a mix of sun and clouds and breezy. Highs in the low 40s, partly cloudy tomorrow night in the upper 20s. And on Wednesday, clouding up, but see some rain showers in the afternoon and evening. Highs into the low 40s. I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo. WTVQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. We're back. This is The Real Real Estate Show on WTVQ Radio, worth listening to at 93.5 FM. And I am Grace Warren, and I'm with from Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Oh. <laughs> You're surprised. <laughs> and I'm with... Dave Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. 
<laughs> this so, is always fun with you, Grace. It's fun. It is fun, right? It's fun with you too, Dave. <laughs> so, so, so we have a couple of things we can talk about. I want to. I want to. I want to kind of go back for one second to that bicycle, right? Because mm-hmm. this is kind of tweaking my mind, right? Okay. Uh, you know, it, it it is more difficult to buy. It's more difficult to sell in this market. All these things are going on, and yet people still waive inspections. And not to beat that that dog with a stick, but you know, it is kind of my thing. And, um, you know, I, I don't get it. I, I personally don't tell anybody to waive an inspection. Yeah. You know, even if it's for your, if it's solely for your own information, because the information that you get from that inspection is going to be with you then forever because you're just getting to know the home. Like you're walking through a home and you're seeing all the pretty decorations and the paint colors and all that, but you don't really know the home, right? And that's sort of what you do. You familiarize people with the home and how the home works. It's like buying a car when you, you buy that car and then you're, you're sitting in it the first time and the the salesman is like familiarizing you with everything that that car has to offer. Right. I tell my clients you wouldn't do you wouldn't buy a stock without doing a little research, right? You, or right. or at least talking to a, a yeah. financial planner or a sure. broker about it. I mean, uh, it's a pretty big investment to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a penny stock. This is something you know. For a lot of people, it's the largest investment they're going to make in their life. Mm-hmm. And even if you're doing like what you said, an informational only, right? Because in the past, some people. It's not why I do a home inspection, but for some people, they do use that report to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may not work in this market, but you still want to know what you're getting. Exactly. And you still have an opportunity if you don't like what you hear to pull out. Right. Because that's usually a contingency. So um, I, I will not, you know, if somebody wants to waive their inspection, I'll have them sign something that said that I told them they shouldn't and that they want to. Uh, waive the inspection because, you know, I don't know. I just think it's important to do it because like you, like you just were talking about that house, right? So some of the things tell us more specifically about some of the things that were wrong. Well, the, the structure on the deck, um, one structural foundation wall had been compromised. Repaired. Well, it was a, it was a concrete foundation wall that had, uh, uh, for whatever reason, become damaged and was no longer capable of structurally supporting uh, an entire section of the home. And oh, they had they had gone in and shored up the foundation with a metal structure, metal I-beams on footings. It wasn't too bad. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's not a, it's, it, it's not a long-term solution. So... Uh, you know, when, we're not when this, talking about a, a crack. We are not. We're talking about a crumble. Oh my lord. Okay, and so what year was the house built? Just fifties, sixties. Okay, and um, so so this particular home had an in-ground indoor pool, and that pool and the surrounding of that pool was structural to this particular wall. Okay. And so there's an access tunnel inside under the ground that goes around the pool so you can actually get in and do maintenance on certain aspects of the pool. Um, in this access tunnel, 
with my that client. Sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> Eddie says, "I'm very claustrophobic. I I still have dreams about I, a house that had this tiny little this tiny hallway, like a tiny hallway. It wasn't really supposed to be a hallway, <laughs> and I still have nightmares about that hallway, like that I get stuck in it. And I'm oh, not no. really that big of a person, but I can't imagine well, somebody that's if, if you could imagine this is an axe. It's like a cave, right? It's just yeah. all concrete. Oh, God. It's, it's dark. Dark, yeah." Right? Right? There's probably and, spiders in it. Oh, yeah. So my client says, oh, oh, my God. Is that a spider? I said, spider? You're worried about a spider? We're in a, we're in a cave with 80,000 <laughs> gallons of pool on the other side of a two-inch thick wall that's crumbling. So it could be bats We in could there. be drowned here. He's like, <laughs> oh, that's a terrible thought. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. That's scare, that scares me. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're in, oh, what'd yeah. you find out in that tunnel? Well, I... <laughs> Fortunately, the pool wasn't leaking from the from the structural wall, so it, you know, so, yeah, I survived. They, I'm here. They, did they ever have a pool guy come in? Yeah, they had a pool guy, but it's it's going to be a big repair. You're going to have to pull up part of the surround on the concrete surround on the pool, and uh, and then rebed it. And uh, it's it's a it's a large job to oh, do. That's got to be sixty thousand dollars. In my uh, head, yeah. <laughs> I thinking, I mean, building yeah. a pool is very expensive. This is a, this is a very special pool because it's inside. It's got so, this tunnel. Most pools don't have tunnels around them. So, so we go to look at the heating system in this particular home, and um, and uh, so I'm with my client. It's it's in a crawl space. It's a boiler in a crawl space. It's not another Ga tunnel. Gas fired boiler. There's no cover. It's old. It's clearly old, right? And. Uh, and I said, oh, great. I could hear it. the system starting to come on. We're going to get to see the burner come on and, and see what, you know, see what color the flame is, see mm -hmm. how it's working. Okay. And it's uh, natural gas. Natural gas. Okay. So the two of us turn in this crawl space to look at the burner as it comes on. <laughs> Normally it just goes boof and comes on and it's all good. You know, I've, I've done this a thousand times, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm waiting with my camera to take a picture and it goes boof. Oh. And blue flame pours <laughs> singed eyebrows. I like, whoa, oh okay, we should, you know, you should have this serviced now <laughs> before you burn down. I mean, down it your could house. be carbon monoxide issues with oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, so when I researched the boiler and I came up with a, you know, because I like to provide a manufacturer date uh, on the systems in the home so we know exactly how old they are. The only thing we could tell about this system was that it was discontinued in manufacture over 30 years ago. Oh, boy. So it's pretty old. Yeah. I 30 mean, years is the life of a furnace. Uh, yeah. It's even pushing it. I mean, you know, 25 is conserving. You know, somewhere in that 25 to 30 year range, you're going to replace a boiler or a furnace. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's essentially a blowtorch, you know, in there. <laughs> Uh, it, it's like having a barbecue grill inside your house, you know, lit on fire. I mean, these, you know, there's potentially problems here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> a little maintenance and is the, a good idea. And the natural gas ones typically last longer, though, don't they, than yeah. like, a, like an oil one? Well, fewer moving parts. Um, fewer moving parts and, and less maintenance. What, do you, what made it blow like that? Like the, the flame blow uh, out? I mean, you know, I'm not an HVAC guy. I'm just an inspector. I'm just, <laughs> I don't need to know why it's bad. I just, just need know to know it's, it's bad. bad. But uh, I mean, I, my my guess is that there was, uh, you, you know, that there's some type of control to how much gas is 
is let out in the start process to when it lights. And if it has a little, like if you've ever done this on your stove, yeah. you put a pot or a pan on the stove and it does it, it takes an extra second to click, click light, mm -hmm. right? And then it goes, boof. Yeah. Yep. That was the boof. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I've done that before. Never with my furnace. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, how do you know? If you're not there when it happens, no. you don't know. Right. I mean, this especially is, in the case of where this particular furnace is in a crawl space, most people aren't going into their crawl space. Mine happens to be in my basement, so if I'm down in the basement, I can I hear it come on, and it doesn't do that. Yeah, but oh wow, a, a lot of times it's in a laundry room. I've gone into houses where I've seen people hanging their laundry <laughs> over over their their boiler or furnace, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it dries faster there." Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, okay, and if it goes boof, you just set your laundry on fire. Uh, these are bad ideas. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like <laughs> those, uh, slum apartments in the city where people have their stoves, their ovens on to keep the house warm. Yeah. That is also a very bad idea. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, at least if you're going to open your oven to stay warm in your house, put a carbon monoxide detector in your lap. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, you're, you're, your odds of survival are, are slim. Yeah, keep in mind, people, that um, carbon monoxide, you should be changing those carbon monoxide detectors ever so often. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just replaced Carbon monoxide, ours. it's silent but deadly. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> you're funny, Dave. But it, it's, it's, not, it, it's silent and it doesn't have a smell. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, it, that is definitely um, scary. So what happened with the deck? Oh. Was there footings or was the wood rotted? Was oh, it... literally one of the structural supports had uh, it, the ground around it had eroded a little bit and the footing had shifted and it had fallen away from the, the deck and was no longer attached. Oh, and the whole deck was tilting and leaning in that direction. And it wasn't and the footing, the, the like the, it was disconnected. Was it even oh, and it to be clear, though, that footing was only about eight to 12 inches in the ground. It was not the oh. required 48 inches. Okay. So had it been a proper footing, mm -hmm. that deck wouldn't have been bad. I but see. It the, was only one footing that was bad? No. Uh, it was eight <laughs> out of 10. Oh my God, who built the deck? How did they get a CFO for that? Well, there's a good question that they may or may not have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something some... like that usually comes up when they do a title report and, and, and they, they pull municipal search. I write in my reports when I see something that is structural or something like that that is really janky, I always say, go to the town, pull the permits, don't wait for the title search because, you well, know, a lot of agents do. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I know you guys do I, I i've had this conversation with christine and yeah and some other agents uh, especially if i suspect that yeah. there might be something that's not and typically when i pull a, um, a listing up and i'm going to go show the the house i will also pull the tax record up and there they have permits on there not so, all the time but some a lot of times there are and if i see something like for instance there was a house in new windsor that i didn't see there was, there was a shed on it, and it didn't have any mention of the shed on the right. tax record. So, you know, to me that says, hey, they never got a permit for their shed, and you need a permit for a shed pretty you much everywhere. Yeah, I, I, um, I was in a house uh, on Saturday where I saw that the, the toilet <laughs> was installed. Uh, when I say adjacent, I mean 
that the rim of the toilet was mm, two, three centimeters, you know, half an inch off the tub. Oh. Right? Well, the toilet's got to be 15 inches away, measured on center Was tube. it an old house, though? was an old house. Yeah, because sometimes you can't. I mean, what they would you do? Now, you installed a rent. You rent out the house and put in a bathroom. You had to have a permit for that. Oh, oh. And no no inspector would ever give a permit because it's, it's you know, town standards. Mm-hmm. I don't like to use that four-letter word. <laughs> town? No. It starts with C. O-D-E? Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, well, it's time for a break. Yeah, yeah it is. Woo-hoo. Okay, we'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. <laughs> Hi, this is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. Buyers can take advantage of historically low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their home in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens here. Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post Inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner, at 845-610-5366. Visit PillarToPost.com backslash David Wilner. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Tune in every Saturday at 11 a.m. for free speech with Stephen Keeter, where you can voice your opinion, express your ideas, comment, or make suggestions on the topic du jour, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is Tom Lovelace. Join me and my guest every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for the Lovelace Music Experience. Exciting interviews and great music from every genre, right here, playing the best music. WTVQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. We're back with the Real Real Estate Show. This is Grace Warren from Howard Hanna Rand Realty, along with Dave Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. Yeah, I, I always, um, Dave just said to me, you always worry that we're not going to have enough to talk about, but we always have so much to talk about. I don't think we'd ever run out of stuff. to talk. You got to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just talking about federal Pacific panels, right? Uh, That's like uh, something you run into. I don't know how Not as these, much anymore. Well, you would think it by this time, I mean, we're talking 40 years, all right, that since these things have been recalled. And, and some people don't even know. I mean, you know, it's it's in 40 years of recall on these panels, they're still out there. They're still in homes working. And we're talking about electrical panels now. Sue, so, so listeners, you t- look at your electrical panel in your home. 
if you see that the breaker switches have red on them and it says stab lock on the inside of the panel, you have one of these panels that shouldn't be there. And it's, tell us why it shouldn't be there. They lied. <laughs> so Federal Pacific <laughs> lied to the UL Underwriters Laboratory about the safety tolerances of the breakers. And what, you know, so what happened was they said that they were X and uh, to comply with the UL standard and they were Y. And Y, because they don't trip when they get a surge. When, they're, when they need to trip, they don't trip. So if it's pulling more electric... It's supposed to pop. It's supposed to pop. And that's supposed to protect your home. But it doesn't do that. So this electric comes pouring in and then that can cause a fire on these, on your wires. It could cause a fire on the wires. It could damage whatever you have plugged in. It could do all kinds of bad things to your home. Yeah. Many houses have, uh, I think, burned down because of that. Yeah. And, and uh, there's still quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I inspected a uh, a condo in uh, in Rockland that had um, had a federal Federal Pacific panel in it, and of course I recommend that it be replaced. Uh, but I, you know, I had to say, in all honesty, to my buyer, I said, "Listen, the whole building probably has these panels in them, and while you may do the right thing and replace this, you don't know what your neighbors have." That's correct. You know, whether or not they replace them and their fire is your problem as well. Yeah. As a lot of lots of condos have firewalls, but then there's some condos that have that open space in the attic and a fire can easily go through that. And I, I think the code's different today. Yeah. But some well, of clearly the these are older buildings, right? That were, you know, built in the seventies and, and early eighties. If they have... That yeah. specific panels in them. Right. And, you know, um, it's interesting because there's a townhouse community right here in Florida, New York, right? The Cedar Crest. And that place has firewalls between every single one of them. That, believe it or not, that they have to be some of the most well built um, con townhouses that are around i don't know if you've ever done an inspection over there in in cedar crest i don't think so yeah they they all have firewalls and they're they're wonderful so um anyway um that's just something for us to um to you know th if you have that guys call an electrician you yeah call my husband if you want but call any electrician to get it out of there call an electrician <laughs> yes yeah and they're easy to spot guys they're easy to spot you're gonna see those the red the end on the breaker switch is red and it's it's clear it's going to say stab lock somewhere on there it's going to say federal pacific and uh so just keep an eye out for them and take a look at your electrical panel it's not a bad idea to know where your electrical panel is take a look at it from time to time and understand it right so um new building materials new building materials what kind of new building materials are we talking about grace uh, well there's a couple of things that are interesting to me what do you got so, um, well, one that my son keeps talking about. Yeah. And that is these shipping containers. Oh, I love them. You do? I do. Tell me why you love them. Because I spent 25 years in the logistics industry. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to build a house out of one of them? Yeah. They're strong, I would build right? a house. I want to build a pool. Pool. I want to build a pool out of a shipping container. That uh, would be a really big pool because those things are long. Well, you can get them in 20 and 40 foot lengths. So, but they're, they're super cool. Google this out there, guys. 
shipping container pool. You can actually make it like a fishbowl with a glass side. I've too. seen that. So he wants us to get a shipping container or two mm-hmm. and build a like um, like a garage out of it because. I don't know. He thinks it's a cool thing to do. And uh, I it's called the town. It's very narrow way to park. Yeah. So I called the town about it just because I wanted to get to see if they even allowed it. And a town of Warwick says, nope, before I could even say anything. They're like, nope, no shipping containers, no shipping containers. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we can't do that. But, you know, he said he would put a roof. He'd do a pitched roof on it or whatever. But, yeah, how narrow are they? I don't know what the exact dimensions are. I did it one time in my life. I don't remember anymore. I think it'd be like 12 feet? Uh, yeah. So it might be too small I, to pull a truck I mean, into? 10. 10 or 12 feet. It's, it's an interesting concept, yeah. but a lot of people, um, they're doing that now. They're building homes. They're putting them together, and it is the, you know. Well, a 10 by 20 or a 10 by 40 foot room is not a bad idea. They've been doing this in Europe for a long time, building container using old containers to build buildings and stuff. In fact, they've gone to a point where they actually build containers specifically for building. They're no longer recycled or used. There are brand new ones purpose built. Like if if you bought a container pool, it was purpose built. It's corrugated metal. It follows the same sort of build process and design. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, what's fascinating too, you know, who, builds about 85% of the containers used in the shipping business in the world. Who's that? Hyundai. Oh, really? Yeah, it's their mainstay business. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they build more containers than they do cars. I mean, huh. uh, it's not even a comparison. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't I, I didn't know that. But anyway, so that's like sort of a new thing. I mean, I've seen some shows on like HGTV about it, and I've read some articles about it, and it, it, it does limit you as to the sizes that they, they you know, that they come in. Unless, of course, now people are, like you said, they're going to be using that building process to make their their homes and it could be more custom. I want to build, if I was going to use a shipping container to build something, mm-hmm. I think it would be my zombie apocalypse bunker. <laughs> I'd bury it go. underground. Yeah. Well, it's going to get through that, right? That's right. I mean, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Another... Um, uh, bamboo, which we've sort of seen amazing coming, right? material because it, it, it grows so fast. I mean, I can attest to that. My and husband it's super planted strong. it and it's, it grows and we've had to dig it up. It's nuts. Bamboo is super strong, yeah. insect resistant. Um, it is, it grows quickly. It's a fantastic renewable resource. It has a high, uh, tolerance for bending mm-hmm. and, um, without breaking. And mm-hmm. it is a great, it is a great material for a lot of things. Um, I read that it was. It's um, it, it's one of the strongest materials out there, and yeah. it's the fastest growing plant on the planet. Very common now in flooring materials. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen that before. And that's, that's because it's impervious to to thing you know germs and dirt and water and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then hempcrete. Have you ever heard of that? Hempcrete. They're making, they're actually making um, like block that look like concrete block. Yeah, out, out of, of hemp? hemp. Yes. And it's lighter. And um, they just, they, they bind it, the, the stem with uh, lime and, and water. You legalize marijuana and look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to build a house out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they're saying that it's energy efficient, thermal, um, with thermal insulation. Um, it, you, termites, it's resistant to termites and fire resistant. 
It's carbon negative. It says finished hempcrete walls sequester more CO2 than they use during production. So th- what they do, to be clear out there, is that they're using hemp as a fibrous aggregate in the concrete. So they're mixing this in, they're, they're creating a fiber, they're mixing it into the concrete. And then th- that fiber, so concrete is always strong in compression. It is not strong in, in tinsel or shear strength. And by putting that type of fibrous aggregate, that's the word, (laughs) in there, they're making it stronger in those other directions. Uh, And that gives opportunity to use, I mean, it's the same way we use rebar. It's the same way they might put carbon fiber or fiberglass in in there. Um, So all those things are are possible in concrete. Concrete's an amazingly versatile uh and and useful building material yeah it's funny um i don't know if my daughter's listening but she's she's she knows about concrete she always talks about it so she's a concrete pro well yeah that was her one of her specialties in um in school so um also 3d printed concrete yeah i don't know how they 3d print it but uh i I can imagine that they're they're building structural uh, elements of a house that way. I mean, it, it would make sense. They're they're making. Um, this is not your, your HP like making, printer on your desktop. To be no, clear, no, certainly not. Yeah, um, they're they're making thing. panels out yep. of it, and there is actually a um, a, com- a community in Rancho Mirage, California, where they built fifteen eco-friendly homes out of three D printed panels. Love it. Yeah, so it's not everything in the house that is made out of the 3D we've used printed. We've we've used prefab concrete panels for, for a long, long time. I mean, if the 3D printing process is now being used to, to manufacture them, I mean, that's a innovative and probably cost savings. But, I mean, you can prefab forms. You can do all kinds of things with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing material. Yeah, uh, you know what? We're out of time. Damn it, I was just getting started on concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, everybody, thank you for listening to us uh, for, you know, this week. And we will be back next week. I'm not sure which one of us is going to be here, but uh, someone will be here. And you have a wonderful, wonderful week, Dave. Have a great week, listeners. Thanks, everybody.